Hey there. Before we get into the episode itself, there are some people that uh, I would like to thank, like Jason Straub, Nicholas Vigil, David Wingfield, Simone Sotelo, and Tyler Bradshaw. All of these are people who have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and kicked us some money. We are entirely listener-funded, no ads, no anything, and your support makes a huge difference for us. You get extra content in return, and all of that, as we said, is at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thank you. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Doom 3, which is a first-person shooter developed by id Software and published by Activision for the PC in 2004. Yeah. Uh, and this is our premium episode for October. It is mm-hmm. the end of Spooky Month. Um, the generalities will be released for everyone. And then the body of the episode, the discussion of the play-by-play, will mm-hmm. be for patrons. Yeah. So go to patreon.com slash duckvtv, and uh, you get all of our premium episodes, not just this one, uh, for the low price currently of $5 a month. Yeah. And you can listen to it and stop if you'd like. Yeah. Um, so this is a reboot of Doom. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need to say anything about Doom. We've done an episode on 20, Doom 2016 and Doom 2. Mm-hmm. Um, this tells the story of a Marine who is caught up in a demon invasion of Mars brought on by ill-advised super science of the Mm -hmm. UAC, the classic doom tale. Yes. It's hell on Mars. Uh, hell breaks loose and then they want to come for earth, baby. Um, God, demons love earth. Oh man. One thing I know about demons. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. Just have it. Am I right? I mean, um, I, I mean, they do live in hell, which is by definition the worst place. So you know, I think if if they get Earth, we should move up one. Oh, we get heaven, or like whatever comes next. I don't know, sky, <laughs> okay, moon, sky. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Cloud uh, cities. It and just feels Venus. fair, though. It does. You know, yeah. I don't. I, I don't want to swap with them. Something below them has to go yeah. into hell. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird take <laughs> it's a 1920s uh editorial cartoon yep um 
Oh man. Um so even though the premise is uh, a classic favorite, uh the game plays quite differently compared to the first two games. You know, those are run and gun classics. They're not as brainless as people make them sound, but uh you know, they have a distinct style of play that is that the is Twitch not... action games. Yeah, Twitch action games. Um a distinct style of play that is not this. And this is kind of a it's kind of a black sheep, although it's having uh, it has had its rehabilitation. And both of mm-hmm. us, I uh, think the reason that we wanted to throw this on was because both of us like this game and we want to talk yeah. about it. Doom 3 is good. Yes. Uh, you know, its greatest crime is not being Doom 2 or Doom mm-hmm. 2016. Yes. Which it's not. And it's not as good as either of those games. Not mm-hmm. as good, not as unique. Right. Uh, but as good in its own right. Right. Um, so the ways this plays differently are, are you know, varied. Um, you know, this is, uh, this came out just a little bit before, uh, Half-Life 2 mm-hmm. did. Um, it plays closer to a Half-Life. Um, it also, as opposed to the weird and abstract maze-like FPS design of Doom 1 and 2, yeah. um, we are in somewhat of a real space. Yes. Um, you know, kind of an immersive sim. Like, there is a real dedication to the nuts and bolts of how this facility runs yeah, uh, that I was kind of surprised by. I'd kind of forgotten about, mm-hmm. um, especially early on before, you know, more incident happens where there's like a lot of audio logs <laughs> and emails and stuff about like spam and schedules and things like that. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty bereft of, of interest yes. for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's clear that they kind of were, were 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 taking inspiration from really critically critically lauded games. Like, not a lot of people talk about Quake Two, right? Mm-hmm. It's a fine game. I remember playing a little bit of it. Um, but did yeah, like it kind of got their lunch eaten, and the genre moved on beyond kind of the state of the art that they were at. Um, and yeah. this is, this is closer to the new direction that first person shooters were going. Yeah. There's the style at the time. And yeah. what's interesting is that, uh, history has vindicated doom one and two, yes. like the, the, you know, the style that it has, you know, kind of created, uh, and has not been quite as kind, mm-hmm. you know, to, to this, uh, this kind of story based, the hallway spectacle slower. shooter. The hallway spectacle shooter is a little bit more dated mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, even though at the time this was chasing kind of cutting edge. Trends. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, this is a good game. It is partly, you know, you have to, do have to appreciate this partly in its time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and this is not to say that it doesn't get hectic. Like there are lots of enemies that this game throws at you. And there is a, a certain amount of kind of the same, like, you know, dealing with projectile uh, attacks from enemies not necessarily hit scan like you're still like dodging lobbed fireballs in a way that you were in the you know in the base game so there's like bits and pieces of that here you're just you're just not doing it at like 60 miles per hour yes you know at a, at a sprint or at a walk mm-hmm. um you get here in the notes like what if half-life was a haunted house um the uh half-life comparison like i think there's there's you know a good amount of half-life dna in this mm-hmm. there is an unreasonable amount of haunted house dna in this <laughs> so much um, to the point where there are just little paneled off sections of wall that exist for a zombie or a monster to live in wait for you to come by and then pop out and go ah 
<laughs> yeah, it, it like a teen, an overweight teen with an ill-advised beard who's come up with his own character named like Chef Fingers, <laughs> like <laughs> pops out. He's got con makeup on his goatee, uh-huh. and he he pops out of the the panel. Like it is the game gets a lot of criticism for that. Uh-huh. But if you can buy it, like the 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 trick to enjoying this to me is mm-hmm. treat it like you're walking around a townhouse. Yeah. Except every time you would turn towards the scene and go ah, you just shoot them. <laughs> right. Which right. is everyone's dream. Of course, like yeah. you, you know, you always wanted to shoot, you know, Captain Fingers or whatever, Chef Fingers. <laughs> Captain Fingers. That's a great name <laughs> yeah. for a teen bad clown. I'm Captain yeah. Fingers, the bad clown. <laughs> the teen evil clown. You can tell I'm an evil clown because I put the makeup on over my facial hair rather than shaving, <laughs> like a clown. Yep. You know, uh, and gluing these pubes to the egg to trademark my look <laughs> was incredibly difficult. <laughs> yeah. But, it, like, it just, shoot, like, something jumps out at mm-hmm. you, it startles you, eventually you start realizing it's coming, but then that becomes fun, too, like, yeah. anticipating which panels are going to open, mm-hmm. and just being ready to shoot the teen that pops out, except in 17, it's an imp. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, if you can vibe with it, if you can meet the game where it's at, like, like yeah, there's, like, plenty of, like, good Twitch kind of stuff to, to you know, to happen here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the kind of Dune 3's trick is just to basically give you as many different kinds of ambush as you can as as, as they can think of you yeah know? basically yeah. Let's, 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 let's cram the geometry with as much ambush as possible yeah incredible ambush mm-hmm. uh energy yeah um so you still have uh quite a uh quite a impressive arsenal of weapons mm-hmm. uh here um you know in order to kill these demons you're they're more powerful yep than in previous dooms so you know the same enemies will come through and if you look at the wiki they have the same number of hit points actually you just do more damage mm-hmm. so it changes the the kind of calculus of these encounters where things like caco demons which would be you know not mini bosses but kind of lieutenant characters are now more of a nuisance like everything kind of gets yeah. a downgrade with the you know to compensate for the fact that they're going to be coming in bigger numbers and from more angles right um, you know, not just you walking around a corner or there just being a literal surprise closet. Mm-hmm. Um, ammunition is more limited. Uh, so you have to reload when your clip is empty. Um, you also, uh, because ammunition is limited, uh, they've introduced a headshot system mm-hmm. to this. So headshots do double damage, uh, almost across the board yeah. on almost every enemy. So, uh, you know, as opposed to doom where you just kind of get face in the general direction mm-hmm. of an enemy and hit scan them here, you actually want to line up your shots. Yes. It's a weird hybrid of speed. Mm-hmm. And that like changes the usefulness and uh, the usefulness of particular weapons. Like, the assault rifle, like the machine gun, um, ends mm-hmm. up being a little bit more useful here than it was in the original Doom, right? Specifically yes. because that precision allows for headshots. So, like, you know, the need for snap reaction precision is is definitely present here in a way that it was not mm-hmm. before. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there are some special weapons here that are worth talking about, um, especially, I I mean, in comparison to ways that they've been treated elsewhere in the series. So like the chainsaw, like you just find that. I love the note that is nearby that explains why there are chainsaws on Mars. It was, Mm -hmm. it was a a shipping mistake. They were supposed to have jackhammers, which would make sense if you're trying to break up, you know, Mars rock or whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. the chainsaw is just a, you know, a melee, melee weapon upgrade that you can get. Um, it can be used any time. There's no fuel, um, kind of similar to the original games. It is not part of like this weird arcade ebb and flow like it is, like it would be later. 
the, the weird thing about the chainsaw is that it still operates based on your crosshairs rather than where the chainsaw is visually on the screen. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that, but like mm-hmm. for the first, you know, few enemies I engaged with the chainsaw, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, this, what this is this, Morrowind? Yeah. You know, eventually uh, kind of Morrowind. Mm-hmm. Does that work? No, no, I don't know. Mero, yeah, um, Marowind, yeah, it's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I was trying to think of the, the demon hell version of <laughs> Marowind. Um, the uh, Elder Souls, mm. Marowind. Um, the, but yeah, so it, it doesn't quite work the same way uh, that you want it to, but it is still very useful. It does tons of damage. Um, the BFG, rather than being a room clearing gun, is a weapon that you can charge um, up to three levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does a slow moving projectile that will hurt nearby enemies, does tons of damage. If you overcharge it, you will die. Yep. Um, so you cannot just walk around with this thing buzzing like brimstone yeah. in uh, Binding of Isaac. <laughs> you can't hum it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's not. You know, you you, you want to ride that throttle a little, a little bit. Uh, about 80% of the way through the game, like as you go into the final act after you return from hell, uh, you do acquire uh, a unique special weapon to this game called the Soul Cube. Uh, it mm-hmm. speaks to you. It's like the collect, I about said collective soul. <laughs> no but it's uh it it, it is like the the amalgamation of uh of the souls of like the precursor race that used to live on mars um this uh kind of changes the rhythm of play a little bit because Mm -hmm. after every four kills uh this thing powers up it munches on those souls and you can activate it and it will fly toward the nearest enemy with the highest hp kill it and then restore your health Mm-hmm. Huge, huge phantasm energy. Yes, like in in phantasm, it's a sphere, but basically <laughs> a bladed, you know, something in a bladed cube. Yes, <laughs> uh, they, you know, that that flies at enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, really fun weapon. Um, you, again, you don't get until pretty late though. Yeah. yeah. Um, but because of this shows up, um, you no longer have to worry about picking up health kits mm-hmm. or anything. Um, you have this different rhythm where you have to be. It's actually kind of you know, presages Doom 2016 in a way. Yes. Like you have to be aggressive in order to heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you're killing enemies and you do get into those situations where you're low on health. Yeah. It's like, well, if I can kill one more enemy, my cube is probably good. And then I mm-hmm. can sick that on the mancubus or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and take it out. Mm-hmm. No, I need to kill people to feed my cube. Yeah. Is, uh, is what you, you know? tell people. Good yeah. reason to kill. Good reason to cube. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, I can't believe you got a note here about uh, the darkness before we talk about the darkness. And I can't believe we haven't talked about the darkness yet. Yeah. It just, it, the darkness is, it, is it's, 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 it's kind of the main, the, like the, like the main thing. But like when you talk about the, uh, when you talk about them, uh, just the, the things that you do shooting, it makes sense to talk about the weapons. So the yeah, darkness I, is no, no, it's, it's it. going to come. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we we got to camp out on darkness for a while. We do. Uh, um, there are a lot of enemies here. Uh, they Most of them are returning from the Doom Collection, mm-hmm. though with different designs. Um, a lot of slow-moving projectile enemies, uh, which is great because mm-hmm. those were the worst enemies in Doom 2 were the ones that did hit scan. Yep. Um, a lot of guys throw slow fireballs at you or rush you in melee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, which is good yeah. and not something that really happened in FPS games in this era, right? Yes. You know, you were, you were, it was firefights is what it was. Um, I found that enemy, um, visual design was a bit of a problem, actually. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of them just kind of look really similar to each other in their silhouette and by their coloration, a lot of them are the same, like lumpy, like gray green. 
uh, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of, kind of dead flesh kind of look that made it hard to prioritize enemies unless they were, you know, something like the Revenant where like, yes, it is very clear. This is the only skeleton that is in play. Yeah. This is a tall skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did not end up having as much of a problem with that actively. Like okay. I recognize that that's a thing, mm-hmm. but in terms of, you know, playing this as a keep moving and prioritize whatever's in front of me, Yeah, you know, like if, yeah. if you keep moving, you tend to dodge. Mm-hmm. In this, uh, the environments are smaller than Doom, so you can back into an enemy. Yeah. You know, things like that. Like, you can dodge yourself into a bad uh, scenario. But part of the, I think what the, part of what they're doing with the level design here, by making it so uh, corridor-like and structural, mm-hmm. like a Mars base, is to kind of give you an intuitive sense of what the space might be like. Mm-hmm. Like there were times where an enemy, you know, I'd get into an ambush. I would have to backtrack, you know, back away from an enemy while shooting it and would kind of into it, you know, where there yeah. would be a bend in a hallway or, you know, a little, little transformer I could duck behind. Mm-hmm. Cover is definitely a thing here where it would not have been in the first two games. Yeah. Yeah. Without a cover, dedicated cover system. Or yes. Like that. Yeah. Just like ducking behind a pillar. Um, it yes. was just a thing you can do here. And, you know, that is something that happens intuitively. I think that like the, when, when I talk about them being difficult to differentiate, once they throw the arch file in, uh, mm-hmm. which is the enemy who, um, will like send flame after you, but importantly will summon other enemies. It looks so similar to just kind of your basic imp actually that, uh, I would, that they would be in the mix and I wouldn't realize it. <laughs> Mm. and you don't want to let them hang around for a while you know yeah they cannot hang out in the mix no no like they need to be taken down so that was like the the primary place where this was a concern Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah uh imps are your bread and butter enemy in this like you have just kind of zombie marines before that but they're Mm -hmm. not much of a factor unless they have a shotgun right um imps are your special little hell grunt uh guys and they're really good i love this Um, it's such a good basic enemy (laughs) yeah uh and they continue to be fun and useful to fight for the entire game Mm -hmm. which is like the mark of a good grunt enemy like if you can introduce these in cool mix-ups in the last level and still have fun Mm -hmm. you've done a good job yeah but like they're not bullet spongy they go down in you know pretty much two shotgun blasts anytime right they have Mm -hmm. so many different attacks in addition to their primary just you know throw a, a slow moving fireball at you uh, because they can crawl on any surface, they can come from anywhere. Um, and because every surface is their house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, so they can come from anywhere because that's where they live. Yep. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I was playing this and just, it's just remarkable how much they got out of this one enemy. It was very thoughtfully mm-hmm. put together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are, uh, so you're kind of most doom encounters in this will you enter a corridor or a room, some demons will already be there. And as you deal with them or pick something up, enemies will teleport in or bust in through panels. Mm-hmm. Um, this definitely happens, uh, especially when you're backtracking through yep. areas. Um, and the number of just panels they built for these guys <laughs> is very kind. Yeah. You know, good for them. Yeah. You want to make the most out of your space. You know, there's there, mm-hmm. there's no reason you can't make your demons happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that that's an important trick. The way that they, you know, you, you are going to be doing backtracking in this. Uh, the way that they continue to fill that with incident and not just by like having new enemies teleport in, which is going to happen all the time anyway, even when you're going through it front ways, you know, mm-hmm. that just enemies are going to teleport in. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and those are standard encounters in a way that's going to be shorthand during this episode because yes. there are some encounters that are noteworthy, but there's a lot of kind of sameness to this. Yeah. Like, you know, again, we, you know, we, we opened with a positive opening salvo of this. Like, I do like this game. Mm-hmm. I It's too long. Uh, yeah. the, the, I think the first third of it, I wish was better paced. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish you got to more interesting areas quicker. Yes. Uh, than you do. Agreed. So yeah, uh, but a lot of the time you are going to be like Doom threeing across a sector in order to hit a button to open a, open the door back, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's spend some time talking about light. Yes, let's talk about the light. Uh, we'll mention this in the mm-hmm. development, but um, this was kind of the big technological breakthrough. Here was making a game where dynamic light was not only possible, but the thing that the game was built around. In the original version of Doom 3, the pace of play was substantially slowed by the fact that you could not hold a weapon and a flashlight at the same time. Yes. Uh, This was not an accident. No. You know, uh, to this. Like, we're going to talk about the kind of different versions of this. Uh, But this was intentional. The idea was you wanted to be in shadow. Right. You know, the, the game developers wanted you to make that choice, you know, similar to the original pitch for Dark Souls 2, mm-hmm. of giving up some of your efficacy for visual readability. Right. Um, and because of this, the Mars base is dark. Um, <laughs> dark, 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 dark. There's uh, basically no ambient light that is not flickering. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are strobes. In mm-hmm. like a haunted house kind of way. <laughs> Hell is super dark, even yep. though it's on fire. <laughs> uh, you know, it's very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and players did not like this. Um, this was contrary to not only Doom, mm-hmm. but just kind of the FPS trends that this game was kind of chasing yeah. or, or operating in. Mm-hmm. Um, which the idea of occluding your vision as a difficulty element was you know, just kind of unheard of. It seemed like, like, like dirty pool almost like, yes. how can you expect me to perform if I can't, if I can't see what I'm shooting at, you know? And the yes. trade off is if you can see something, you can't attack it. And if you have the ability to attack, that's because you can't see because you're holding the shooty thing instead of the lighty thing. Right. Yeah. The idea was that you would uh, see something move out of the corner of your eye, not be mm-hmm. able to identify it, and wildly spray bullets yes. in that direction, like a character in a movie might do in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I genuinely feel that was what they were trying to recreate, yeah. uh, kind of again and again and again, mm-hmm. with the, the panels and the darkness and yes. such. But players hated it. <laughs> uh, you know, lost their minds um, from multiple angles. Like, not only did they think that it was dirty pool and bad design, there was also a lot of, like, you know so the first mod they gave you a light was called the duct tape mod uh what's the idea is like oh is there no duct tape on mars that you can <laughs> you know tape a flashlight to your gun mm-hmm. and i'd be like well you're gonna do it to each one of your guns yeah dingus so you, you, uh, you're gonna need t- 10 10 different 10 different flashlights okay 10 different tapes yeah <laughs> uh you know that's crazy but they were just like oh it doesn't make any sense and i'm like you know in a I way mean, that, that feels weird and pedanty and like yeah mildly <laughs> annoying like, to why me. didn't they just call each other on their cell phones well, yeah, why didn't they just build the whole Mars base out of the black box? <laughs> it's um, like, so they, the, like the, yeah. it was a conscious choice. They wanted to make a horror game. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's not it's not doomed to again. You know, it's it's biggest crime. Mm-hmm. Um, the 2012 re-release of this game, the BFG edition, um, got rid of the flashlight as an item and just give you a shoulder-mounted 
mm-hmm. uh, light. Um, the difference, though, the old flashlight had unlimited batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new flashlight has a limited battery. Yeah. Uh, so you can only have it. They're trying to maintain a little bit of their darkness steez. Yes. Um, and it's like a, it's a short battery. It's like less than a minute uh, of uh, of runtime on this thing. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I played the BFG edition in this because that's just kind of the easiest one to get a hold of. I, mm-hmm. I mapped like turning the flashlight off and on to the right mouse button um, so I could, you know, have it going. And like, yeah, you're going and you are like managing that. Like it is it is a limited resource. And oftentimes you are going without light um, or going with less light than you would want. But like the big the big thing is that, you know, regardless, you can shoot and see at the same time. So it is it is still a pretty big, pretty big change. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I play did the same thing. The original version I played uh the version with the flashlight. Yeah. yeah. Um this version I played the BFG. I think that I do prefer the original version. Same. To this. It didn't it didn't obviate mm-hmm. anything. It's not like having the flashlight. What I didn't like was having, you know, when I first played the game, I adjusted to it. Yeah. You know, and eventually, uh, even literally, started kind of like reading the levels and realizing, you know, what different shapes of darkness would mean in yeah. terms of an encounter. Mm-hmm. With the version with the flashlight, with the the minute timer, it added a weird little mental overhead yeah. of like managing my flashlight that I didn't like very much. Yeah. Um, and what's frustrating to me is that there's not a version, like the BFG edition does not contain both. Right. It's one of the rare examples I've seen of a developer just being like, oh yeah, we fucked up, <laughs> you know, and just like 100% caving to, yeah, you know, popular yeah. gamer opinion rather than standing by their work. Like it's kind of irritating to me. A little bit. Um, they, I, I, I wish that they would have made it an option in BFG. As it stands, you are able to, like, there are mods that'll do visual upgrades on the original Doom 3. Um, mm-hmm. but like the retail game that you're going to get on a lot of platforms is going to be this kind of compromised version of the game. Yeah. Which is still good, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I don't, I don't prefer it. Like I liked not having to think about the flashlights battery mm-hmm. and just trying to think of like, Oh, I want to see like one of the things that, uh, the original version that I remember mm-hmm. that recreate recreated that is something I do in real life. And I don't know if this is how universal this is, but when you get up at night, it's dark. And you turn on a light and then kind of memorize a room and then walk through it in the dark. I, I'm does that, does that follow? Are, are you are you trying to like not wake somebody else up? Or we're just trying not to step on anything or not, you know, run into well, any walls. Why don't you just turn on the light if you get if you're going leave the light on as you're going through it? Uh, I think in this scenario, maybe I'm trying not to wake anybody up. Okay. It does seem like the kind of thing I've done and I'm trying to remember why. I think, yeah. I think that's why. Uh, so I, uh, I, I do not, I do not contest that that is a thing that somebody does like, yeah. Okay. Obviously memorize the room and like, okay, that's where that chair is. That's where the thing on the floor, on the floor is. I'm going to get around it. The way that you made it sound was like, this is a thing that you do all the time. For okay. Fun. Here, here's the scenario. I remember now <laughs> the, the light switch is by the door, but okay. I have to walk all the way through the room to lay down oh yeah it's a bedroom and i click the light to kind of memorize it i turn off the light okay and then i wander past things to get to the bed gotcha okay so now it makes sense i i it's weird that i uh i'm under the weather everyone okay so i'm not gonna make all kinds of sense but (laughs) that is the scenario okay in this in this scenario there is not a bedside lamp that is on and then you turn off the overhead no. and then when you're in bed some you, of us can't afford a bedside lamp i mean you, what is the thing? you, 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 cl- you climb in bed and you put on your you put on your your, your starch nightcap you reach mm-hmm. over and you and you say good night light and then you turn off the light 
No, 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 uh, no light. Even though I do have the start, uh, starch nightcap, but mm. only that. Yes. Well, yeah. In the scenario, gotta, you lose most of the heat through the top of your head. So. I'm like the Expedia gnome, but sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Travelocity. Which one has the the sexy gnome? I, I fuck if I know, man. <laughs> Priceline. <laughs> but anyway. So in in the uh, in the original version of this, I would shine a flashlight around a room, kind of get the layout of it, yeah. and then turn it off to have my gun ready. Mm-hmm. And that uh, is not which to is say the experience that I missed. That is not to say that like the enemies do not have lights on them. You know when they're when they're doing mm-hmm. the when they're doing their attacks, they will you know cast light. Um, when you fire your muzzle, your muzzle flash will uh, will, will light things up. So it is not like mm-hmm. you know you're play, you're playing like a you know Papa Sangra or something like that on iOS yeah, yeah. Where, where you're doing it entirely by sound. Um, it's just a uh, you know direct direct sustained light is a is a rarity uh, in the in the original yes. version of this game in a way that was definitely deliberate and they changed it in a way that definitely feels like they caved they caved to the mob yeah and and people like it more like there was a lot of like they fixed Doom three. Mm discourse around when the uh did the bfg edition mm-hmm. you know but i think that there there is a, a irritation i have sometimes with like gamer americans refusing to, yeah. to work on its own terms pe- pe- people who said that their experiences and preferences aren't valid so yes exactly yeah uh so doom 3 is a little bit more story heavy than the previous games um which has had text uh you know between episodes this now has dialogue and yeah. cutscenes. Um, you know, your guy is mute. Everyone else will talk to you at length. Uh, there are friendly NPCs, there are enemies, you know, evil NPCs that will taunt you. You get radio and video transmissions. Um, you get, uh, you know, to stop and watch kiosk videos mm-hmm. of things. Like there is a lot more text in this game. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that is not to say that like it's dialogue between your, you and your character, you, you are mute right yes um <laughs> gosh i have i have a note here l- later on but they like they pulled in they pulled in the person who did the uh did the like did the dialogue writing for the seventh guest to do this <laughs> oh weird yeah no, no i just yeah. i mean just because like it had never really done this kind of like writing and dialogue before you know uh it was done by matthew uh costello who uh would go on to write two of three plans novelizations of doom three mm-hmm. uh they couldn't fit the story in just one book uh but yeah he had done other uh game writing including the seventh guest in the 11th hour odd so uh yeah, that those, industry uh, luminary brought powerhouses <laughs> brought in uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah yeah uh, there's a big, uh, a pretty comprehensive PDA system Yes. in this. Uh, as you explore the base, you're going to find PDAs that belong to staff that died. Sometimes these are good and fun. Mm-hmm. But again, as I mentioned before, there is a surprising dedication to blandness. Uh, I found mm-hmm. with a bunch of these where like, yeah, this is just somebody at work. Like, yeah, th- this is in the shitty future genre to me yes of like alien and what have you like it would suck to work in the future like yes. space is going to be a terrible place to work mm-hmm. for a long time usc is a horrible company doesn't care about the workers well-beings um mm-hmm. even before hell broke loose right um yeah. you know and a, like a, a, a lot of what you're going to see like there's a certain like banality of evil stuff kind of thing happening here. It is weird to go back to this after the like basically over the top, almost like 
campy hyper capitalism of like like starship troopers level shit of the hell science that was being done in doom 2016 this is not as overtly expressed as that it's more the the result of one man yes you know they they went hired a warlock whose name is dr betrayer (laughs) and and uh and this warlock caused problems for them so i guess this is a real this is like a feature length argument for background checks (laughs) in a lot of ways and the background check that begins with translating the name yeah you know this guy is in the grimace worm tongue school people you shouldn't hire is the poacher Um, named black blackheart yes my pretty (laughs) (laughs) larry larry kid kill oh um, man uh but yeah uh both emails and the voice logs uh they'll give you a sense of what uh of of what life is like however you are going to be looking at these primarily to get uh to get access codes uh sometimes these are progress most of the times like this is the way that that you get your resupply uh there are like equipment lockers and somebody will, you know, have terrible OPSEC and like write to their supervisor and say, I need to know the code. And they'll write back and say, it's one, two, three, you dummy. You know. Yeah. They're almost always at the end of audio logs yes. in a weird way. Like, you know, we'll tell you at the end how to, you know, yep. what we're going to do for next month. Like it, 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 it's weird and coy mm-hmm. uh, to get you to listen to them all. And it doesn't do, you know, again, I harp on this a lot, you know, uh, I, I like the Bioshock system of audio logs. So where you I pick them up. I can play them automatically and walk around. Yeah, this is missing this. to play them automatically. You can start them in your menu, but you have to go into the menu. Additionally, yeah. you there can are... walk around and you can multitask, which I mm-hmm. like. Yeah, but it's not like a key on the keyboard. Yeah. Also, huge problem in this. Uh, there are no subtitles in this game. None. Mm-hmm. Zero. Uh, which yep. video games have terrible sound mixing most of the time. Uh, and just imagine playing through this on difficult on, on difficulty mode if you were hearing impaired or had to play this silently and you just couldn't get half of the supply drops. Yeah, Be, you know, and, and the difficulty, the sound mixing gets even worse, like in cutscenes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the story ends up looking like a bunch of weird, you know, clay mannequins from Fallout <laughs> One are having a bad day, but you don't really know why. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just the sound mixing is so bad. It's a real bummer. Yeah. Um. There's a weird little bit of this, too, uh, where this, I'm sure, was incredibly impressive at the time, mm-hmm. uh, where there's no cursor. Um, you actually interface with computer screens and touchscreens directly Yeah, uh, in that... front of you by walking up to them. And that has, like, it's a way more minor concern than this, but it has a feeling a little bit of, like, the God of War camera trick where <laughs> this is a stunt that didn't uh-huh. buy very much with what it paid. Right. You know? But... Yeah, so like that was a way to I think avoid you know modal interfaces. It it, it took mm. an awful lot of work, like reading about what went into it, like just the thousands of extra textures that they had to do, and it took um five hundred thousand lines of code to implement this, uh, to implement yeah. the system. And the best I can say about it is that it's a neat idea. <laughs> yep. Cool. <laughs> you don't uh, actually what, like it that much. What would what would not have ruined this was a little pop up uh, that came up, and I selected mm-hmm. my thing. Uh, but I guess they wanted it to be immersive. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's you know a lot of things happen in the name of immersion. Yeah. In video games that are maybe you know ill considered. I think making you walk through a town in an in an RPG instead of having it be a menu like it ought to be. Yeah. 
you know, it's more immersion, you know, it's more immersive until you realize like, this is really weird. Seven people live in this town. Uh, <laughs> you know, four of them are employed by mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And the other three stand next to a well and tell me that the king lives in the castle. Yes. Um, over and over. Uh, so levels in this are uh, fairly linear. Um, they're corridor bound, similar to like a Half-Life. Mm-hmm. Um, you spend a lot of time getting systems back online, gassing things up, powering monorails and shit. Yeah. Um, there are a good number of secrets, mm-hmm. um, which is something I did not engage with my first time through the game and did the second time. Yes. Um, and they're neat. Uh, they they deal with like platforming and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can see like oh like you know there's the one little blinking light up there. If I do this incredibly risky parkour on these railings <laughs> in a video game ass way, I can get up there and get some armor or something. Yeah. Um, so it's actually you know the rewards for exploration are not very robust. Like it tends you know in the economy of this game, the best thing you can do are pickups and ammo yeah really or sometimes sequence breaking the weapon chain mm-hmm. um but in terms of the pure joy of exploring and like finding secrets it has that it's doing pretty good at that yes yeah um the the, the levels are very thoughtfully designed if you look at a you know at something and think hey can i get there you you, you, you might you might be able to get there if you do get back mm-hmm. there there probably will be something um yeah. which is good like they like these are it's it's good to have a thoughtfully designed uh, uh space like this additionally mm-hmm. like most of the time instead of having like backtracking when you reach your goal a way that will like drop you back uh kind of toward the hub of the level will open up um mm-hmm. so there is not an awful lot of you know that there is covering ground that you have covered but a lot of the time they um move you around in a very canny way so that you can avoid it yeah, uh, similar but slightly less artificial feeling than like Skyrim dungeons. Yes, that just have a drop that drops you at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Of this, um, you know, this is we're we're an unconventional horror mm-hmm. month. It's not quite the uh, scareless October that we had last year. <laughs> the mild October. Where, yeah, mild October where nothing was scary. I feel like Soma, you know, mm-hmm. has a lot of scares to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, in in kind of a different way. Uh, this game is like a startling game. Yes. Uh, you know, as opposed to being scary, scared, it has the same, it's like recreating the effect of my girlfriend tapping me on the shoulder while I'm wearing headphones <laughs> a lot of the time. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, and then, but except in the game, you shoot. Yes. In real life, I don't. No. Um, you know, it's explicit kind of jump scares and like, you know, not, there's, there's atmosphere to this mm-hmm. that is genuinely pretty good, yeah. but it's not the focus. It is much more on something popping out. And like the joy of seeing how it's going to work. Like I know when I pick up this glowing health kit in the middle of the room, mm-hmm. things are going to teleport in, but how and where <laughs> yep. and how quickly and what, yeah. you know, that's, that's the thing that's fun. And like th- they are explicitly trying to hit you with scary things, but like the scary things that they, that they will do are like, you'll walk into a bathroom. Anytime you see a mirror, there is going to be a mirror scare. Where like mm-hmm. you know, just the, the the cameras pulled away, and you see something scary and you know, scary in the room with you. Like the the screen will get like dark and turn like blood red, and you'll hear voices and stuff. The sound design in this is re- really good, actually. From that regard, yeah. there's an awful design, lot of, but not mix. Yes, when you're going through the level and you hear like demonic chanting, just kind of ambiently all around you, that is like mixing with the enemy, you know, uh, the enemy's uh, movement and attack sounds. That is cool and good um mm-hmm. and i think they just they they do a good job of making this almost like a wall of activation 
uh in in, ter- in terms of mm-hmm. like the stimulus that they're putting in front of you so yes it is it is startling and continuous in a stressful way yeah yeah uh it's worth noting that a lot of the scares that go for atmosphere or creepy set pieces fall down because of how the graphics have aged <laughs> Uh, and not in terms of the lighting yeah um i think that these character models are some of the worst aged character models since like oblivion it's very bad i yeah i cannot handle how characters faces look in this game Mm -hmm. everybody is doughy and wide yeah uh there's like one lady in the entire game everyone else is like a dude with the same body like Mm -hmm. it's it's like the it's like the planet the he-man it's like a (laughs) turnia You know, where everybody has this weird same squat body and everybody's skin looks like they all look like they're wearing a human suit. Yep. Like, it's so gross. Everyone Mm -hmm. is so unattractive looking in this. Yeah. Uh, I think that they like that probably is a product of they, they, they felt like the normal mapping would get them further than it ultimately did. And that was impressive at the time, too. But like, I think that like this, this settles in a very like dissatisfying valley between the level of fidelity say in a half-life where it is chunky and dorky but like you know Mm -hmm. you can kind of get the get the feeling of it and half-life 2 which like has good facial animations and you know basically models and you know things like that like yeah yeah. it's just in this unsatisfying no man's zone between them it it, and half-life 2 came out not too long after this and just totally ate its lunch on that yes yeah like faces look good in that game mm-hmm. faces look like everyone looks like a melting charlie brown candle on this <laughs> it's actually fucking disgusting like if, if any of these people logged onto twitter they would get dunked on relentlessly for oh. their like saggy skin and oh. like weird pallor um well they're all jerks too they're all evil scientists and, well, uh, yeah. you know <laughs> there's like a lot of them and stuff service. yeah there's, there's a couple of working like just normal folk <laughs> right uh but a lot of them are betrugers uh yeah yeah buddies <laughs> or demons um but but it, it ends up kind of ruining the atmosphere i guess is my point where they'll mm-hmm. show a cutscene of something like oh like you know bravo squad i've been waiting for them this whole thing oh shit they got they got fucked up yeah but the animations of the cutscene are kind of weird and stiff and they look like you know stretch armstrongs yes like it, it just ends up not being uh not working mm-hmm. yeah so, so uh lighting good character models monster models pretty good mm-hmm. character models absolute dog Ooh. shit uh aged very poorly yes uh let's talk about the making of here so yeah. um uh, it had a hit on their hands with quake 3 quake 3 very good game uh however afterwards there was kind of this schism like a split that happened at id about what they should work on next mm-hmm. uh so the management at the time uh adrian carmack and kevin cloud wanted to make an mmo called quest um you know we keep they, they were saying we keep making the same game over and over kind of fair <laughs> you know well, you know <laughs> uh it's a good game uh-huh you know uh and the uh the developers and artist uh, led by john carmack still you know, the, the, the human computer man from the original doom, mm-hmm. um, played hardball and said like, no, 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 we got to go back to the roots. We have to do a remake of doom. Right. Um, you know, and part of the idea was recently, uh, return to castle Wolfenstein got a pretty warm reception, mm-hmm. um, which is developed by gray matter, not id, but right. they're like, let's do a return to doom. Yes. Uh, and this ultimately drew to an ultimatum. Uh, they said, "Hey, we are working for or we are working on Doom for the next project unless you fire us." So yes. uh, they played hardball, 
management relented. They still ended up firing somebody, uh, an artist mm-hmm. named Paul Steed. And what to all appearances looks like an act of retribution, although that is disputed uh, by the people involved. It just, you yeah. know, not, not, not a great look to fire somebody directly after that. I, I love that it is still full of messy bees who live for drama, even if John Romero isn't there. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you, you really, it felt like it was mostly his steez, but it's like, no, these, these are, these are a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of goofs. I, I mean, somebody whose personality is as big as John Romero, like they're going to have an effect, an effect on establishing the culture that will be around long after they leave. Yeah. You know, yeah. What else? Like Carmack, John Carmack has been showing his ass a lot on uh, on Twitter too. So I don't know if that guy's quite as like neutral, you know, boy genius as right, you know, right. Um, he, uh, John Carmack, uh, led the technical development of this game, making the id tech four engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big thing to show off here was the uh, real time lighting and shadows, right? Uh, specifically both, like the interplay of those two things together. Mm-hmm. And that is, this game is not a tech demo, but it is designed to show that off. That is the selling point is a graphical one. Yeah. Uh, Prior to this, most 3D games, uh, they would render a static light map whenever the uh, level was loaded. Um, And making real-time changes to this was difficult to accomplish. Like, you would have things like Thief, but uh, they had to do, like, multiple light maps for this. You know, to take into account, Mm -hmm. like, sources that you could could, uh, squelch out. uh, Things like that. Here, the entire system was built from the ground up to account for this. Right? Um, And that affected the core gameplay loop in a way that we discussed before. Speaking of, I think that there is a fan remake of Thief 1 in the Doom 3 engine. Oh, shit. That Which that is sounds a, badass. That that is a weirdly good match, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, like that is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Um, so things looked really good in motion. Mm-hmm. Like just kind of like absolutely you know, really groundbreaking and amazing. Screenshots looked really dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and this became a meme. Like people were just you know, when I was at an exchange on Twitter where somebody mentioned like if this was not called Doom Three, it would have been more successful. And like I believe that. Like if this had yeah. been called like Doom Dark. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Like, I think that it would have been more accepted on those terms. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, even even beyond just uh, the the thing that happens, like weirdly commonly, where a late numbered entry in a series is actually a remake of the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that 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 has always been a very strange thing to me. But I agree with that. It's a matter of expectation setting, right? Like a spinoff, Doom Gaiden. Yes. Yeah. yeah. People people would have. Um, Prob- probably looked at it but then again you know who knows yeah, they might they knows? might get confused um but yeah uh doom 3 was also kind of one of these first major mainstream games to rely heavily on normal mapping uh to give objects these realistic bumpy textures they also had like you know stencil shadows and things like that just a lot of detail uh being thrown in this you know and this was around the time that like 3d graphics cards were specifically being marketed you know as tnl as texture and lighting right so this was i mean i didn't build a pc for this i built it for half-life 2 but when this came out, I sure as shit got this for Christmas because I had a machine that could run it. And it was mm-hmm. a gigantic deal at the time. Yeah, looked cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we mentioned the cinematic presentation, uh, Matthew Costello, the seventh guest guy writing it. Mm-hmm. Um, having that kind of approach to narrative and increased focus on that meant it took longer to develop yeah. than Carmack had initially believed it would. Um, 
Trent Reznor was brought on to do the sound design for the game from from Quake. You may know Trent Reznor from Quake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the development process was too long, so they could not quite work that out legally. Um, he did some of the work mm-hmm. um, and some sound work, which can be modded into it. But the actual soundtrack we got was composed by Chris Vrenna, who's the drummer for Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. So as long as Nine Inch Nails was involved in the soundtrack, <laughs> they're happy. <laughs> yes uh just the way they said it was like oh um uh trent reznor he is a rock star who has a rock star schedule and a rock star's price tag it was just different you know what we had what we were asking him to do was just bigger and more than what we had with with quake yeah we um, need a drummer's price tag <laughs> <laughs> a drummer's schedule a drummer's comparatively breezy schedule <laughs> no they're so um, punctual you know yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah and the sound design and all that is good in this as we as we said uh the soundtrack does not get anywhere near as good as quakes but that is such a high watermark that uh you know it's hard to it's unfair to hold against it well yeah i suppose like there's a lot more like ambient music in this there's a lot more uh just kind of like corridor sounds yes Uh, this is not music designed to get you pumped Mm -hmm. which was uh what i want from a doom soundtrack yeah, this is you a know, place I where know. I where I want like in industrial percussion and a chunk 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 guitars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I didn't find the soundtrack to this actually like serviceable but a little forgettable. Yep. Chris Vrenna, you um, Claude. <laughs> the uh, uh, so an expansion pack for this came out called Resurrection of Evil. This was released in two thousand five. Um, it basically finishes the story. Yeah. Um, you know this weirdly like you do not have a showdown with the main antagonist of this game in this no, game. No. Um, it takes place two play two years after the events of this game. Uh, you have a new marine mm-hmm. um, who actually goes and t- kills uh, Doctor Petruger, um, who is the warlock that uh, UAC hired on yeah. accident. Petruger being German for betrayer. So. Yeah, it's it's actually something like scammer. Ooh, uh, there's actually it was supposed to be they wanted to invoke traitor, but that'd mm. be a different word. So it's actually like Doctor Scam, Doctor Scammer, <laughs> which sounds like an awesome like local news segment. <laughs> <laughs> like let's hear from from the our weather person and then Doctor Scammer, who's going to tell us about local businesses you should avoid. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. Oh gosh. Here in my news market, the Northern Ohio or uh, Cleveland, uh, one of I think it's Cleveland's Fox affiliate has a uh, has a nationally famous like consumer affairs guy who just straight up harasses businesses. <laughs> I kind of love that shit. Like I realize yeah. it's evil, uh-huh. but like I'll watch it. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? I mean, just because like, like the like the production is so good, <laughs> the little yeah. jingles and stuff. Yeah. Oh, the voice. Well, it's always trying to be scary. Mm-hmm. Which I really love, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, dum, 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 dum. and then it'll just be a dry cleaner that like cuts corners, but the music <laughs> is like, it's fucking Halloween four, <laughs> you know, I love it so much. Oh, geez. I can't find the guy's name. He like, he, he popped up on the daily show quite a bit as like a, as an object of fun, but mm-hmm. yeah. No. Um, so, uh, but yeah, resurrection, re- re- uh, resurrection of evil continue the story. They also added a gravity gun and they were very, like, they made a very strong point of saying, no, we have the gravity gun as like a developer tool before half-life two came out. We're, we're totally not trying to copy them on this. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. though like a lot of people were just like, it's the gravity gun, but worse. <laughs> yeah. As happens, you know, you know like Bioshock yeah. had the telekinesis and that was gravity gun, but worse. All that. Yeah. 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 Um, so we talked about the BFG edition, 2012, mm-hmm. celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Doom franchise. Uh, this is a graphical update and a gameplay up- update, which we mentioned with the uh, the flashlight thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it also added a checkpoint, 
uh, auto saving, which is great. Um, it's a bit more generous with resources. Yeah. Uh, so there's more ammo to be found, uh, cutting into the survival horror feeling, but again, gave, giving gamers the treats they asked for. Yes. Scattering them about on the floor for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also added new content, um, specifically this new campaign called Lost Missions, which is kind of made up of, of some uh, content from uh, from both games, from you know yes. the base game and the expansion. Um, I have not played that, but I have watched uh, some of it and read about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, the idea was to make um, in the Doom 3 engine a frenetic, fast-paced Doom 2 experience. Hmm. So uh, the idea is, and it's it's not supposed to be largely, you know, entirely successful. Yeah. But the idea is that uh, that's what they're going for. Yeah. Um, this game, despite its reputation among people who like the Doom series, it sold and reviewed well. You know, the complaints mm-hmm. were definitely there um, in the uh, like in the reviews and stuff. But like, yeah, you know, people people generally liked this game well enough. That said, though, um, it did have that reputation, and this kind of marked a, uh, an identity crisis for it and for the series. Uh, mm-hmm. They kind of went into the wilderness here. Yeah. Uh, after this, they, they kind of went into doing mobile games, mm-hmm. um, including Doom and Wolfenstein RPGs, which so are good. Cool. I love those. Yeah. Those, they, I mean, they're they're very basic, but they're yes. fun. Yeah. Like, those, those are pretty cool, and they're hard to play now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it works in Elves, which I'd always heard of, but not realize mm-hmm. was it. Yep, that was up. Um, yeah, and they started a work on uh, what I can only believe to be a future WAF, uh, yeah, the game yeah. Rage, which I think would be a really interesting, you know, game for the show because it's a, a fascinating failure. Mm-hmm. Like there is a lot of good, there's a lot of stuff to like about Rage. Yeah, uh, while it not really being a good game. Yes, um, um, fascinating from a tactical standpoint. Yeah, yeah, the, the, and, just the, and, idea, the idea of mega textures and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. in it, in it uh, the pathfinding, the enemy pathfinding is still some of the best in games. Mm-hmm. Um, like the dynamic way that enemies will crawl towards you mm-hmm. and get you past obstacles is still some of my favorite. Yeah. Uh, that I've seen in a video game, which is kind of crazy because nobody likes rage. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's not a well thought of game. Right. Um, Doom, the franchise got rebooted again in 2016. Uh, this is seen as more of a return to form. Uh, we covered that mm-hmm. in episode 194 in May of 2018. It is also pretty different than old Dooms. Yes. Um, but different than this as well. And it is, uh, you know, to my mind, an unqualified success. Yep. Um, you know, I have not played Doom Eternal yet. Uh, people have tweeted me about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I am curious. It does seem like that is not a safe play. Um, they did not just do Doom 2016 again. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really curious to see what Doom Eternal is actually like when I get my hands on it. Yeah, I played the first couple of levels of it, um, but that is not enough to see like the substantial things that they changed. So, yeah, so that's going to be the end of our generalities and the end of our uh, preview episode. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are hearing this, uh, thank you for listening. Um, if you'd like to hear the rest of the episode and the rest of our premium episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash TV. Yep. There you can find not just all the premium episodes of this show, but also whole, whole other shows. Um, and mm-hmm. you can get early access to things, including Orb, our new show that we are launching. Um, it's out as of the time you're hearing this. Uh, that is our show. That is a Venture Brothers recap show. So we recommend yeah. that you go like, go give that a shot. Yeah, and we you know, love the support. It's a brand new show. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay tuned next week. We'll be doing our dispatch. Um, we'll be answering your questions and announcing what our winter WRPG is. Cool. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.